0: Hello,
1: Texas. I hope you're enjoying this first week of spring here in the Lone Star State, and I appreciate you taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Carrie Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in Texas, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: Just ahead of spring planting, one of the biggest annual producer meetings in the Texas High Plains is coming up. I'm James Hunt, and I'll tell you about it on Texas Ag Today.
3: A look at the qualities of a new wheat variety for the state of Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
4: Reliable, skilled labor continues to be a critical issue for America's farmers and ranchers. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today.
1: We'll have those stories, plus news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Texas dairy industry is continuing to grow, and that was reflected in the latest USDA cattle inventory report. Texas A&M Livestock Market Economist, David Anderson. The milk cow, the dairy cow number uh, for Texas was up 35,000 head, about 6 percent. You know, that's I think it just indicates the strength and the dynamic growth that our dairy industry in this state has seen, particularly out in the panhandle where so much of that growth is in the dairy industry. But Anderson says the industry will face its share of challenges here in 2021 with higher feed costs and lower milk prices that are still struggling with problems caused by COVID-19. Texas is the fifth largest dairy-producing state in the nation. And for a brief time before winter storm Uri, we had actually moved into fourth place. Well, spring is here, and with it comes all kinds of cattle pests, especially horn flies.
5: The reason that we need to have a fly control strategy is that the horn fly is the biggest external parasite problem that we have in pasture cattle, costing our producers over a billion dollars a year.
1: That's Michael Hampton with Central Life Sciences. He's based here in Winsboro, Texas. His company makes a product called Altacid IGR. It's a low-cost feed-through treatment that controls horn flies all season long.
5: Well, we're not treating the cattle. What we're doing is treating the manure that the cattle are producing because a unique thing about the horn fly is that it only lays its eggs to reproduce in fresh cow manure. So, by treating that manure, what we do is prevent those eggs from ever hatching out and therefore controlling the horn fly.
1: Hampton says one of the biggest advantages to Altus at IGR is that there are no known cases of horn fly resistance to the product. One of AgriLife's biggest producer meetings of the year is coming up soon. James Hunt has the details from Amarillo.
2: Looking just a little bit ahead on the calendar, we see the Caprock Crop Production Conference, scheduled for Thursday, April 1st in Muncie. Although the annual meeting is hosted by the Extension Offices in Floyd and Crosby Counties, it's really more of a regional event.
5: We get producers from Mule or in Bailey County, we get Lubbock, we get counties all across the South Plains coming to this conference. The conference has been well produced for a number of years, and the producers know they're going to get a quality program
2: when they come. That's Floyd County Extension Agent Mark Carroll, who tells me last year the conference drew about 250 people, and this year's program lineup seems strong enough to bring in another big crowd, with presentations on drift minimization, weed management, plant diseases, harvest aids, and how to arrange lease agreements. A total of six CEUs are available, and there will be an oxen training. Carroll tells me there are also about 30 vendors participating in the conference. That's the Caprock Crop Production Conference in Muncie on April 1st. Cost is $45 a person. Pre-registration by March 30th is requested to make sure enough meals are on hand. Contact the Extension Office in either Floyd or Crosby County for more information. Meanwhile, while I was on the phone with Mark Carroll, I asked him what he was looking for in the season ahead as planting time draws near.
5: What I'm getting from my producers is that cotton is still king in Floyd County, and that's what we look forward to seeing this growing season.
2: you feel good about the season ahead?
5: Yes, I do. These recent rains are a big boost to everybody's morale, and uh, producers are busy getting in the field to get their fields ready. To be a farmer in agriculture, you have to be an optimist, so we're looking forward to uh,
2: hopefully a good growing season. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: A new wheat variety for Texas farmers has performed well in its first growing
3: season. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest today is Chad Boxdatter. He joins us from St. Louis. He is Wheat Account Manager and Strategic Licensing Lead for Westbred at Bear Crop Science. And uh, Chad, let's talk about a uh, hard red winter wheat variety that was launched in the summer of 2020 that uh, is being grown in uh, Texas and and other places in the plains of uh, the United States. Uh, Talk about that variety.
6: You bet. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. Yeah, back in the summer, we actually announced two hard red winter wheat varieties, one for the northern plains, but in particular, I'd like to mention the one that we, we launched for the central and southern plains, known as WB4401. It's a medium maturity, a variety that offers not only excellent yield, but great test weight, and, and of course, end-use quality. In addition to, to that, we, we believe that this is a great variety with some strong disease tolerance, especially when you think about things like intermediate leaf and stripe rust. We also like the uh, overall tolerance from a, from a fusarium head blight perspective or a scab perspective also. But really in particular, one of the, the features that we like about this variety is, is its overall grazing potential.
3: Now, Chad, this uh, particular uh, wheat variety is being grown in uh, the Texas Panhandle and the Rolling Plains. And what kind of feedback have you received from farmers that are growing this uh, winter wheat at this point?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Growers are excited about the product we bring. It's just one more tool in the toolbox to complement some strong performing varieties we have in that region already with products like WB 4699 that did really well in the National Wheat Yield Contest, and another one to maybe keep an eye on is WB 4792.
3: So this particular uh, winter wheat uh, product uh, is, of course, new, and uh, what is the yield potential?
6: Yeah, we really like the potential that this winter wheat variety brings to the marketplace. We spend a lot of time in our advancement meetings evaluating all the attributes that these varieties have, and yield is always one of the top components that uh, we spend a, a tremendous Tremendous amount of time looking at because we know at the end of the day, the bushels uh, that are in the bend are what, what pay the bills.
3: And any uh, particular number that you can possibly place on or at least a range on potential?
6: Nothing in particular at this point. Growers are seeing it for the first time out in their field, but we're excited about the potential it brings. We would encourage everyone to try to find some time to get together with their Westbread dealer uh, locally and uh, spend some time walking trials and not only evaluating and taking a look at the WB4401 but also the full the portfolio of products that we have available for
3: farmers in that area. That is Chad Boxstetter with Westbread at Bear Crop Science. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The
1: issue of agricultural labor is once again front and center in the nation's capital. Gary Joyner reports.
4: The issue of agricultural labor is making headlines again. The U.S. House recently passed the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. It's only the second time since 1986 that the House has approved an agriculture immigration reform bill. The bill's prospects in the U.S. Senate remain unclear. Reliable, skilled labor continues to be a critical issue for America's farmers and ranchers. The current farm workforce is aging. Farmers and ranchers struggle to fill positions. Farm and ranch work is challenging, often seasonal and transitory. With fewer and fewer Americans growing up on the farm or ranch, it's increasingly difficult to find American workers interested in these kinds of jobs. Where American workers are unwilling or unavailable, workers from other countries have provided crucial support to American agriculture. The issue is complex and politically charged. But the fact remains that instability in the agricultural workforce puts domestic food production at risk. Let's hope a solution can be found that provides farmers and ranchers and their employees the stability they need to keep American agriculture growing. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today.
1: This is National Agriculture Week. Michael Clements has more from Washington.
3: As the industry celebrates National Ag Week and National Ag Day, it offers a chance to reflect on the challenges and successes over the last year. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall says it is a chance to honor the hard work done during the pandemic.
7: Agriculture is the foundation of our country and it's also the backbone of a healthy country and a prosperous nation. And All that's made possible by the hard work of the American farmer and rancher. Hashtag Still Farming was something that we created last spring after people was going to the grocery store, seeing empty shelves, wondering whether or not the American farmer was going to still work. And we started the hashtag to inform the American people that we were going to continue to farm.
3: Reflecting on the last year, Duvall says the pandemic added to the daily stresses of U.S. agriculture.
7: A lot of our farmers lost their markets because a lot of their markets were in food services. And when those restaurants and food service areas shut down, everybody rushed the grocery store. And it changed the pattern of way Americans purchased their food. So our industry had to readjust, and that was very difficult for our farmers. However, as farmers do best, they adapted. You know, one year later, we've made great strides in returning to normal. Our commodity prices are beginning to go up. Meat packing plants across America are almost back to full capacity, and our restaurants are returning to full service. And now we are hoping and praying that 2021 will be a better year. Devon says there are still
3: challenges farmers face, and AFBF is working to help farmers and ranchers over those hurdles.
7: This pandemic has shown us that broadband is no longer a luxury, it's a necessity. And then there's labor. Labor's the biggest limiting factor that American agriculture has. And then, of course, there's discussion around climate change and the policies that go along with that. And we've worked really hard with other organizations to make sure that we're at the table. From
3: Washington, I'm Michael Clements for Texas Ag Today.
8: COVID took a toll on dove hunting and a dove research project. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today.
1: And with new cats hitting the ground, it's important to have quality colostrum available for them. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises.
3: You never know what to expect.
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Spring calves have been hitting the ground for a while now, but it is important to always have quality colostrum available for those calves, either from the mother or from some type of supplemental source. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more. I know
9: I talk about colostrum a lot on this program, but it is the number one most important factor in keeping calves alive. Without quality colostrum, most calves will not survive, and most cattlemen are not as aggressive as they need to be in making sure calves receive quality colostrum. Dr. Peggy Thompson from Boring or Ingelheim indicates at drovers.com that the clock starts ticking when the calf is born. And although some absorption of colostrum occurs up to 24 hours, the majority is absorbed within just six hours. So it is important to make sure all calves are nursing well at four hours after being born, and if they're not, the cow should be milked and the calf fed. In addition to antibodies, the calf also gets vitamins, minerals, and fats from the mother's colostrum, and colostrum must be of good quality to be effective. And the first key to quality colostrum is to make sure the cow is on a good nutritional program. Dr. Thompson recommends working with beef cattle nutritionists to be sure pregnant cows are getting everything they need, and this is available free of charge at the Texas A&M Beef Cattle Centers across the state. Secondly, make sure your cows are vaccinated three to five months prior to calving so the calves will have antibodies to diseases in the milk and pass that on to the calves. Lastly, make sure the cattle are calving in as clean and warm of an environment as possible because if the cows are calving in a cold, wet, muddy area, the number of infectious agents will likely overwhelm a calf's immunity. So if you have multiple calves with scours or pneumonia in the first three weeks of life, a lack of good quality colostrum could be the problem. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: COVID took a toll on dove hunting and a dove research project here in Texas. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report.
8: The coronavirus pandemic has changed the way that events, from weddings to fundraisers, fishing tournaments, and everything in between, operated in 2020 and 2021. It's even affected this year's Banded Bird Challenge hosted by the Texas Dove Hunters Association. Bobby Thornton, co-founder of the Dove Hunters Association, joins us with a look at how this season's tournament fared. Oh, it went
5: really, really well. You know, all things considered, the year was a strange year simply because of COVID, as is in just about every industry. We had mixed reviews from outfitters, those that had one of their worst seasons, and we had a number of outfitters that claimed to have had the best season they've ever had. I think what it is is the larger groups didn't want to go for the overnight trips the 30-plus you know, groups, and the smaller groups got broken down into 10-gun groups, and there was an increase in the number of 10-gun groups as compared to past. So that had its effect. It also carried over into the Banded Bird Challenge from the standpoint of entries. We had more entries than we have had any other year, but not as many more as what our goal was for this year. We have a suspicion that, well, let's put it this way, like everybody else, we'll blame COVID. That being said, it was a successful year, we released another 800 birds, giving us a total of 2,100 birds in the field. And we had 42 birds turned in this year. And of those 42, 12 were entered in the contest. So those were our prize winners.
8: That was Bobby Thornton, co-founder of the Texas Dove Hunters Association. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.
1: The strength continues in the cattle futures market this week. However, the cotton market continues to move lower. We'll take a look at all of Wednesday's closing livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
3: Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck, and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to oli.org for info.
0: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Well, the optimism continues in the cattle market
1: this week. The cattle futures market finishing steady to higher once again on Wednesday. The only contract that wasn't higher was the nearby April Live cattle. It was unchanged at one hundred nineteen twelve. June live cattle up twenty five at one hundred twenty thirty. August live cattle up sixty-five cents one hundred nineteen seventy-five. The feeder market climbing higher also, nearby March feeders up thirty-two, one hundred thirty-five seventy-seven, April feeder cattle up two seventy at one forty-two. May feeders up a dollar eighty five, one hundred forty seven. Cash fed cattle market was quite. Quiet on Wednesday, but we did have one fourteen bids from the Packers. However, the feedlots asking 116 to 117. No sales reported out in the country. But we did have the online Fed Cattle Exchange on Wednesday. We saw higher sales there. Texas selling only 173 head this week, but those cattle sold higher. 115 was the price. Nebraska had over a thousand heads sell on the exchange. They all sold at 116. So Anywhere from a dollar to a dollar fifty higher this week on the Fed cattle exchange. Boxed beef prices were mixed on Wednesday. Choice up a dollar twelve, two thirty-five, eleven. Select down a dollar sixty-four at two twenty-three fifty-nine. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. You know, Benny Cox has a sheep and goat sale every week in
10: San Angelo, but he had a special sale this last Saturday. Benny, tell us about that sale. Well, we sold a thousand Saturday. We sold a bunch of those those yee lambs that were in good flesh, kind of in that two fifty to two seventy a head range, and sold some pairs that bring. What I did was just sold the ewes and gave the lambs. We had some bring three forty five, some bring three ten. We had a lot of bucks. Uh, about as many bucks as we ever had was way light on the females. So you know, it's been so hard around here. We had a bunch of bucks bring up there next door to a thousand. We had some uh, one one guy had two that bring nine. 25 and then he had another one bring 850 quite a few of them bring from you know 600 to 750 most of them being yearling some of them two-year-olds in there but we had two sets of sure enough boars there was one set of yearling to four-year-old nannies they bring 335 ahead yeah. and then some show goats bring like 405 and they were just kids you know yeah. but they were good ones but the, and heck there wasn't but 24 and 20 so yeah you know just and they're you know they're just kind of a specialty type deal be glad you did swell in that sheep and goat breeding animal sale how about the cattle sale this week actually we've got a special cash sale in conjunction with a regular sale you know some of these people might have taken some you know they got to get off by the 15th of march and you know, they may have taken some off turn them back out in a pasture or something so i just i don't know of a bunch coming but you know we've been standing up there and that last week okay. was 1500 16 mm-hmm. actually we could have we could have another 1500 i guess this week since we advertise this cash sale good well it wouldn't hurt our feelings numbers are numbers yeah. tell everybody how to get a hold of you i think call me on my mobile it's 325 234 seven. The auction uh, office is the same area code 653-3371 or they can always look at the web which is producersandcargile.com. Texas Farming and Ranch and Neighbors look like that's it for walking the pens you've been listening to Benny Cox from Producers and Cargill and me Larry Marble we're a
1: production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day to you. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hog futures continue to climb higher. April hogs up $1.30, $9,777. May hogs up $1.05, closing at $9,680. Class three milk was slightly lower. March milk down $3,1621. April milk down nine, sixteen sixty-two hundred dollars Well, the cotton market just continues to fall apart this week. We had triple-digit losses on our nearby contracts on Wednesday, just no bullish news to boost the market higher right now. USDA will release their weekly export sales Thursday morning, so maybe that will inject some life into this market, but for right now things just dropping lower. May contract dropping 109 points Wednesday closing at 82.44, July cotton down 108 at 83.52, new crop December cotton down 94 80.38 cents. The wheat market, same thing. It's been drifting lower all week long on the same news we've been talking about now for at least a week and a half good weather. Good rain, snow, precipitation all across the U.S. Great Plains, the wheat-growing areas from here in Texas all the way up through Kansas, Nebraska, and the Dakotas. So, that's just pressured prices lower. July Kansas City wheat down six, five eighty-two and a quarter. July Chicago wheat down seven and a half, six eighteen and three quarters. The corn market narrowly mixed, not a lot of direction. May corn up two cents, five fifty-three and a quarter. September corn up three quarters, four eighty-six and three quarters while December corn was down three quarters four sixty-nine 69 a bushel. And the energy markets, April natural gas up a penny at 252 May crude oil up 296 at 60 72 a barrel. The financial markets mixed the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 34 points, 32,454. The Nasdaq down 249 points, 12,978. The S&P 500 down 18 at 3,892. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up another edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture.
0: I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org